Hey guys, this is Mark Owings, and I'm your host for the Unbridled Life Podcast, where we have real, raw, and unreligious conversation to encourage and challenge men and women in their daily lives. Welcome to the Unbridled Life Podcast, where we like to be raw, real, and unreligious. I am here with some great friends of mine. This is Megan Lacefield, who helps us do Fully Connected. And we've got Shauna over there. Hello. We're here. And I want to go back to Megan. She also has an amazing podcast called Bill for Two that she does with her husband. And our new friend, Jen Couch, who's actually not new to Shauna. Shauna's known her for a really long time. We call her our sober sis. Yeah. So go check her out on social media and you will learn lots of good things about how to become sober. Yes. (laughs) And the podcast. We've done a podcast with Jen. That's right. Go back and listen to her. Yes. And learn a lot about her. Yeah. But we just wanted to talk today a little bit about women and how there's things that we struggle with that we wish that other people would have told us yeah maybe before we got here and so we just wanted to go around the room and Megan share a little bit about maybe a time where you felt like you were taken off guard of something that happened that you weren't expecting well the coolest part of my story is that my husband and I were high school sweethearts and we got married in high school and had a baby right out of high school. So I was a very young mom trying to figure it out for the first time. And within a couple days, 48 hours of having our first baby, I started having these random symptoms and they thought I was hallucinating. They didn't really know what was wrong with me. They hospitalized me. I was basically blind. I kept telling Chad I couldn't open my eyes and the doctor or Chad was He's just like, babe, your eyes are open. Was it gradual or like? No, it was like like I couldn't wake up for a nap from a nap. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And so went into the hospital. At that point, they thought I had spinal meningitis. They had told my mom to make sure my dad came. And it was this Mm. whole like telling this 20-year-old kid that his 18-year-old kid wife, who just had a brand new baby, might die. And we don't know what's wrong. It was a crazy moment. There were absolutely zero answers to or solutions to our problem, except let's wait it out and see what happens. And so there were so many people praying for us. I had my mom taking care of me. Chad's mom was taking care of the baby. Chad got super sick in the process just because of all the stress. Yeah. And, you know, it was just this desperate moment that nobody knew what to do. And and at that point in our lives, we were not walking with the Lord. I knew God. I grew up in the church, but my husband did not. And so there were tons of churches and people praying for me, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was our faith that shifted things, but it was the faith of those around us. And it was the coolest moment for me because I got to experience a miracle before I really had an understanding or an appreciation for what a miracle even yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting my sight back, I remember my prayer was, I just want to have my sight back by Christmas. And so I had my daughter on December 6th. And on Christmas Eve, I remembered being able to see my Christmas tree. Uh. But I kept asking Chad, like, why Why did you change the ornaments on the tree? Why do they look different? And his response was like, babe, I did it. And I'm like, but but why? Because my brain knew what it looked like, but it was like the connection from the brain to the eyes was a process. It was a gradual get it all. Until this day, like I see and I still don't have answers to why that happened. I still wow. get to stand on the testimony of the miracle, but I also get to stand on the frailty of there are things that we may never understand and right. never have the answers to. Yeah, and it doesn't make you feel real good when doctors don't know. You're like, okay, well... <laughs> Okay, is it my turn? So we all have these uh, 
Yeah, we've all just been on these adventures that we kind of wish someone had told us about. And mine is thyroid. I was actually I was diagnosed with Graves, which is a horrible, you know, I mean, like no diagnosis is good. But who wants to hear you have Graves disease, right? So, yeah. And honestly, that was probably I'm probably coming on about close to maybe 15 years it's been more than more than 10 somewhere maybe 12 anyway and it has been a roller coaster so honestly it's been a what the lord did in me was it was a spiritual healing that finally manifested into the natural and so it's been a beautiful journey that i would never wish on anyone (laughs) but we're going to go into hormones and talk about that kind of stuff later and i'll add i'll add more but it's been can i ask you something yeah didn't you actually have to have surgery through all that girl i had three major surgeries in 2020 and not to skip around but my friend jen i was like so grateful for sober sis because through all of that even opened a door, you know, to leaning on the crutch of alcohol as my body was trying to realign. And I, I'll, I'll share all about that. But yes, I did. I had to have, I finally had to have my thyroid removed. And for years and years, I was trying to avoid that. Like that's a major organ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. I am healed. Let me yes. just land on that. I am healed. And so, but it's taken me a long time to kind of really believe what the word of God says over anything what man says what doctor says whatever the report is his truth is the final say well so, i'm glad you're out of it you've made it through thanks three thanks, surgeries boo. yeah you look great thank you boo okay. okay all right you're up next amazing all right <laughs> well thanks for having me my new my new friends and old friends old friends for sure <laughs> yeah for sure and like leslie mentioned i'm aka sober sis which is a very unlikely name and part of my identity because I really didn't have a drinking problem as much as I had a thinking problem. And that's really what the Lord wanted to set me from, set me free from, was a mindset that was so misaligned. I was one person by day and really another person sometimes by night. And the duplicity in my life, the double-mindedness, we hear about that in in God's word all the time, the word double-minded. That's how I felt. I felt like I was walking around with a divided mind. And God really calls us all to have a sober mind. So my whole thing is less about sobriety itself or, quote, being sober. It's about being sober-minded, which means being awake, alert, aware, and just present in our own lives. And for me personally, alcohol wasn't helping me do that. It was, like you said, Shauna, definitely a crutch that I was starting to lean on. Yeah, and we all have them. And if you don't... don't you're a liar, liar pants on fire. That's what I have to say. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I love how you lead other women in, on that journey, you know, because there's so many women out there that just think, well, if I just have a little drink, I'm not feeling great tonight. My hormones so are off easy. and I just want to relax. And, yeah. you know, you really get into the details of why alcohol is not the best thing for us. So exactly. The whole gray area drinking zone. I'd never heard of anything like that. I don't think anybody was saying it before 2020. And she's a pioneer. I think she's a pioneer. No, she is a pioneer in that space. So she's made it very easy for people who are struggling now. I just want to help the woman who's maybe sober curious out there. That's even a new term that's floating around out there in the last five, 10 years. Just this curiosity. And I think that's a great place to come. Anytime you feel that tug in your heart that something is just not aligned you know it's not god's best Mm, mind body spirit is in conflict walking around with that kind of conflict inside is exhausting it's miserable it's kind of where autoimmune honestly starts it's a war within 
you know, within yeah. yourself. So well, yeah. thanks for being here, girl. Uh, well, I would say for me, my biggest one was after I had Tucker. So he's 26 now. So 26 years ago, I went through postpartum and it was severe. I was in and out of hospitals and, you know, just the grieving later of, you know, I didn't get to want. <laughs> it's Yeah, I'm so proud of you. With him, like I wanted, you know, because I couldn't function, you know, like yeah. now I get to see my daughter-in-law and how she loves. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. But it takes me back and it's a good thing because I'm, you know, now 54, able to grieve the loss of that, of, you know, as a young mom, you have to just pull it up by your bootstraps and just move on, you know, and I was going from doctor to doctor trying to figure out what was going on. But, you know, I had to have help in the house, you know, just to do daily chores, whether it was, you know, doing laundry, doing dishes, you know, making food. And, you know, I think the Lord that he brought me out of that, you know, that I'm able to even just be here today and, you know, be able to function. And yes, so I'm super grateful. I'm grateful for the word, too, that, you know, I held on to scriptures at times that, you know, felt like I was losing it. But. You know, thank you, Jesus. I'm here. Thank you, Jesus. And it's because it's one of those times where we're all told as women, this is supposed to be the most greatest time of the your life. Most, you know, you're just bliss outside of your wedding day, right? That mm-hmm. new baby. You're struggling with blindness. You're, I struggle with postpartum. And that's why it's such a, we just wish we want to have this conversation because it's not always what you dream expect. of or yeah. expect. And yet the Lord is right there in the middle of it all and he will use it. So, and what I love is that things that happen even in the very beginning. So when you had your first baby, you know, I missed the first three weeks of Chandler's life too. So I have gone through that grieving process or wondering, you know, trying to reconcile, but God has given me the sweetest relationship with my daughter and her daughter and also Mm -hmm. getting the, the redemption of seeing her mother her daughter but i think about whether it's it's something that happened um early on or it's something that's happening right now it doesn't change the fact that we just don't talk about it right enough and what i love is that we don't go through a dang thing that hasn't been talked about in the word of god and so it's when we struggle for the words or when we can't find the answers or the why behind the what we can always always lean into his word love that definitely Well, and that goes into just thinking about the woman, you know, that I don't know if you've all seen The Chosen, but they have a great illustration. I mean, to me, it's the most biblical part in The Chosen. We ended up watching it again last night. And gosh, it's just so amazing to see how she was hungry enough to go outside and find Jesus to be healed, to be touched, you know? And so many times I think we as women, it's like, we just, we just want that healing and we want it fast. Mm -hmm. And, but sometimes it's a journey. It's longer than what we want. You know, we have to be patient and we have to trust that he is going to, you know, heal us and touch us and be there for us. But I just wanted to read this scripture in Luke eight. And I know Megan's got another version in Mark, but it says, this is about the woman. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. 
But Jesus said, Someone touched me, but I know that power is gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could go, and in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So what I love so much about that scripture is just when you break it down, the woman with the issue of blood, she was in terrible pain. And that happens so much. There are people around us who are just suffering. They're in pain. But then the next part went on that she suffered for 12 years. And I don't know where you might find yourself in this journey if you are suffering, but we do not want you as sisters in Christ to be silently suffering the way that she did. It said that she had to shout she was unclean every time that she left her house. I cannot even imagine the the pain and dealing with the pain and dealing with the shame. But sometimes there, there are things in our own lives where somebody has told us that something is wrong with us. You know, for me, going back to my story, I was in high school when I got married. I was 18 when I had my baby, my first baby. And, you know, the world could say that I did it all wrong. But I get to stand on the truth that God did it right. And so no matter what that thing is that that is in you or, you know, around you or that you're suffering with. Like we don't want you to suffer silently and we don't want you to feel unclean. What I love too is in Mark, it says it just a little bit differently. It says she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she got worse. And we can do that, ladies. We can find all the things to spend our money on. We can put all of our hope in all the wrong places. And what Jesus wants more than anything is for us to come to him. And I love how she did that. She just went straight to him. And what it says is she touched him and immediately she was healed. So I don't know about you ladies, but we've all experienced different levels of healing from those things that may or may not be okay to talk about. So if you have, I mean, just share your story of healing. Mine was really two parts. It was you know, definitely going to doctors and learning about my hormones and finding yeah. out that I needed progesterone, which is a natural relaxer. Like I was super depleted. And so you don't think about that. But what I learned was after having a baby, your progesterone drops significantly. And so that's one of the reasons why, you know, new moms have a hard time relaxing because they just don't have it. And so I found a great doctor that you know, taught me just some of the basics that my gynecologist, you know, he didn't know. That was back before postpartum really was a thing. And so I'm grateful that I found some doctors that knew some natural things, you know, just some basic things that I was able to do. And then I found some really good counselors just to talk through it. So good. And, you know, really had an incredible husband that was there with me, was, you know, took me to the counselors, sat with me and you know, just walked me through it. So stepped in as your advocate. He's yeah. used that word. And yeah. I love that when you really needed him. And mm-hmm. I, I want guys to hear this. I hope mm-hmm. we're, we're going to heal some marriages too, throughout Amen. this conversation, because we understand as women, we are beautifully complex and, and listen, guys, we're trying to figure it out too. And hormones can be a, God did it. He created them with us, but I love what you said. It's mm-hmm. in James one, five. He gave you wisdom. Mm. Sometimes it's an immediate healing, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we go on a journey because he wants to give us some wisdom too. So 
let me piggyback from from that too because I do think a lot of even my thyroid stuff probably even started back with with me having children and I had the same story as Megan I got pregnant in college and just the stigmatism all of it I mean the shame and the condemnation you know and when you don't know how to really separate and rightly divide the the lies and the truth. And you're just trying to figure out who you are. What the bottom line is, is I didn't know I was a daughter. Mm -hmm. I believed in Jesus, but I did not know who I was as a daughter of the King. But so I had some, some postpartum going, but, but the story of the woman with the blood, the issue of blood, I remember being at central market and I cannot tell y'all how many thousands of dollars I have spent personally. And I, I'm claiming that back now. I'm like everything that the enemy has tried to steal from me, including the finance of it all is coming back to us in Jesus name. Cause I have cost Kyle Wortham a lot of money, but I remember being at central market going, if I can just find the next supplement. And when I read her story and she said, if I can just, and I'm gonna tell you what, I know her desperation because she had tried everything. And even as we were talking about this before, and Mark was really taking us back to that time period, y'all, like we don't even, we can't wrap our brains around like what you were saying, Megan, how she had to step out and do something so undignified. She was risking more than just her reputation. Like she could have been, by the law, she could have been stoned, honestly. And so I understand when you're so desperate and you've tried every single avenue and then finally, it's almost like in his beautiful grace, he says, I got it all. I've got it all. I want to hear you guys. Where where are y'all on on some of yours? Yeah, well, I'm going to pick up with something you said, Leslie, which is that kind of new motherhood, the anxiety, yeah. the stress. Like you said, Sean, it's supposed to be such this happy time. So if you're showing anxiety or overwhelm, you know, like you're kind of second guessing yourself, like, can I actually do this? Can I keep a person alive yes. 24-7? Yeah. So that's a crazy time. And I think nowadays it wasn't so much the case when I was a young mom because that was a while ago. But I think the culture has shifted so much in the last 15 or 20 years. My kids are now in their mid-20s. But even 15, 20 years ago, the industry, the marketing and the messaging towards yeah. women started this mommy wine juice culture. Yes. Have y'all heard of this? Have y'all seen this? In the cities? Um, and they are now. And and again, I think it's it's just part of the culture that we're in, the looking for ways to just kind of mitigate and and eject out of that feeling of overwhelm and because it's socially acceptable until it's not right <laughs> it's a very very social acceptable thing to do unless you're so struggling you with it or you're you're starting to question it yeah yeah if you're starting to question your relationship with alcohol it somehow shifts into a little bit more taboo yeah. stigmatized stereotyped mm-hmm. whereas it wasn't before and i think that's Part well, and culture. then you're just masking the problem. You're oh, really totally. not telling anybody how you're really feeling. And then you double down on the mom guilt, the Christian mom guilt, the, sure. the shame. And then now you've got not one problem, but two. 
Well, and then also thinking about, I am so grateful I did not have to be a mommy with media. Like social media these days. Are you kidding me? Because I just think about what moms are up against, even just the the changes we go through physically, whether it's having a baby, going from your teens to your 20s, going from your 20s to your 30s, 30s to 40s, 40s to 50s. And I even have friends 50s to 60s. There are changes in our bodies that nobody is talking about. Yes. You know, I was actually talking with a friend and we we were talking about some of the things that we would be talking about today and she's like nobody talks about your libido changes nobody talks about when you go from wearing a thong underwear to not wanting anything in those areas right nobody talks about the things and so what we want more than anything is to take the stigma of unclean from these conversations yeah and help men understand we just need to be encouraged yeah we need to be asked sometimes guys just need a little more education because they just they don't know what they don't know and i've talked about this before you know my husband and i on our podcast but it's like i can't expect things out of my husband chad that he doesn't know or he hasn't been trained in or he doesn't have any idea if i don't share with him how will he know I know for a fact I've shared something with him just like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And he's gone and done some research because he loves me and he wants to know me. And that's where I want to encourage women of all ages and stages, whatever that thing is that's making you feel unclean and you're silently suffering, start talking. Don't mask it with mimosas and don't hide behind the lie of looking like everybody else does on social media. Let you be you and let God be God in you. That's so good. It's good. You know, we talked about this too. I don't know. I'd be curious because like my mom literally said, I felt better when I was pregnant and when I had new babies. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. But you know, I mean, that's you kind of like what you were modeled is kind of your expectation of what it's going to be like for you. And that was not my case right. at all. And so, and then like you're saying now, I'm I'm glad Pinterest wasn't around because I was already living with the, like my mom was so much more creative than I, you know, those expectations that we just beat ourselves down with. So I love that we're having the conversation and, you know, and we all are kind of guilty of comforting ourselves. Mark says this, like, we're trying to comfort the inner child sometimes, you know, and make it feel better. So you are not bad for wanting to comfort yourself. Right. But it's in how, like, how you can do that. Yeah. Well, and what I love is even as we were preparing for this, something Mark said that was absolutely the Holy Spirit. He said, when we focus on the external, we abandon the internal, which is where the spirit lives. Yeah. And so it's, I love, you know, the heart behind Jen, the heart behind Shauna, the heart behind Leslie. It's like, if we focus so much on the situation, the circumstances, the the symptoms, yeah. we're forgetting about the heart of things. And so that's ultimately our goal. Yeah. That was probably my biggest thing is that if I shared this struggle that people would see the outside, immediately judge me, label me, oh, you're struggling with alcohol, so you must be an alcoholic. Versus, well, no, I don't think I'm, I'm not physically addicted, so where do I go? Like, where's a place for me to talk about mm-hmm. the example of alcohol? And like you said, Shauna, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's less about the external or the tool that we're using. It's more about the internal. And I was just so afraid that people would miss the pain mm-hmm. behind why I was drinking. The pain behind why That's I had, so you yeah. know, mm-hmm. a wine cube tucked away behind the cookbook. Mm-hmm. You know, why was I doing that? Not 
what was I doing, but why was I doing it? Yeah. And you know what it makes me think of? You can't, you know, I, I said something to a young mom one time after I had really struggled with postpartum and I kind of was like, are you doing okay? Cause she just had a baby. And she was like, I'm fine. That's all in people's heads. I was like, <laughs> so you, you got to kind of be careful. What I would encourage young moms is you need to use your voice, mm-hmm. but you need to ask God, who can I, I trust. love how Megan says, like, this is my heart. Who can I trust my heart with? Who's a safe person? Who is a safe person? And I will say, I'll never forget y'all's story of how y'all went on a walk and you shared your heart with Shauna about drinking. Share a little bit about that. Oh, I did. <laughs> I remember the bench. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bench. Because because this was an area that I had struggled with on and off for so long, really age 40 to 45 for me. You see, I turned 40 when my daughter turned 13. So talk about hormonal Jesus. imbalance at yeah. my house. <laughs> Woo. We were, we were on. And, you know, up until that time, I was... You know, I, I think I was viewed in her eyes as kind of an altogether mom, always, you know, could, could yeah, kind of keep the high road. And, you know, and this, this isn't a knock towards our teenagers because they're going through so much as well. But I think I, as a mom, and I wish somebody would have told me this, I wasn't prepared for the rejection no. component that I would feel from my preteen, my teenager, where all of a sudden it had been like, Mommy and me, like, you know, Zoom dates to get out of my face. Yes, we can crush our hearts. And I was just not prepared. She was actually probably being more normal. But because I wasn't like that as a kid, and it's not because I was just so great and a little angel. I'm just a compliant rule follower. And she's she's fierce and fragile at the same time. But so she was going to push back a little bit. That just wasn't my nature. So to get any kind of pushback from a little person that I created that yes. we had so much fun playing with Play-Doh every day to that kind of pushback. Hurts your feelings. It got me. Yeah. It got me. And so what I did was I internalized a lot of that wound because I thought, get it together. You shouldn't be so hurt by your mm. kids. You're probably just, you know, identity mishap or, you know, codependency. And I just thought, well, actually, I just stung. Mm-hmm. Leslie, like you said, yeah. it just stung. And I didn't know what to do with that sting. And that's about the time, you know, tee it up, that I found something that could temporarily take the sting away. And that that started me on that cycle. So age 40 to 45 for me, I was kind of walking in the wilderness, if you will, mm-hmm. internally. Externally, hey, everything's looking Look great good. on the outside. Yeah. Oh, I'm working out. I'm juicing my kale. I've got my Etsy store. <laughs> you know, I'm like doing my stuff. I'm homeschooling. Oh my word. And, and struggling. And, you know, with the drinking thing, I would stop, start, stop, start. I could do that. I could take months off. I could take a a long time off. But every time I did, I felt slightly deprived, miserable. It was because I was never addressing the root. I was just yelling at the fruit. Yeah. You know? Well, you teed perfectly the next question because what I love, and we've kind of touched on it, is that no matter what was right or wrong in the situation, the woman with the issue of blood, she ran to the only one who could do anything about it. After she had kind of covered all her bases and ran to all the other things Mm -hmm. that she tried to use, but she ran to Jesus. So for, for you as a woman, what would you say is your thing that you can run to? And I'll start, I'll lead the way because I'll never ask anybody to go somewhere I'm not willing to go, but I will run to performance. I mean, kind of like you, Jen, I will put on the perfect facade that everything is good and I've got it all together because 
I am marked by joy. I am marked by peace and I am marked by the love of Jesus. So when everything feels hard or off in me, it can kick me into this paddling a million miles an hour under the surface, trying to make sure I'm doing all the things for all the people. And I forget to do all the things for my heart and for me. And so I can run to busyness. I can run to all the things everybody else needs, but forget the most important things. Yeah, good, good. mine's completely different. <laughs> I love that. That's uh, why we're friends. Al in perform. Mine goes in. Mine goes into get a blanket, get on the couch, watch Netflix, and just don't think about anything. So then I can numb my brain. Exactly. It's kind of like way. the alcohol. Yep. Yeah. But yep. instead of the alcohol, it's just Netflix stupid stuff. And then I find myself, you know, show after show after show. <laughs> and then I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. When's the last time I went on a walk in the evening? You know, when was the last time, you know, I did something productive. And so then I have to stop that cycle. Yep. We'll go around the table. What's yours? Yeah. Well, Megan, yep. You and I, I think we're cut from, from the same cloth. Yeah. That, that part of me that's like, you know, don't, don't let it crash, pull it up, pull it up, try harder. And I think I can fall into that just striving and trying to maintain sometimes the illusion of control. When really that's all it is. It's yeah. it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. And the moment I choose to just uh, the verse that God's recently been like drilling into my head and my heart is the Exodus 14 passage where Moses is standing at the Red Sea kitchens and he's standing there and he's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And at that moment, he didn't try harder. He didn't show up in a way that really flexed it and got it done. He was told to stand Mm -hmm. there, be still. I will fight for you Mm -hmm. and you shall hold your peace. And that has been a rock for me in this last even week or two. It's fresh, hot off the press (laughs) in my life right there. That's so good. Well, I'm probably like, Les, I want to numb out and I want to feel good. So I will turn to... it's escapism, you know, and I just want to, TV has been a big, you know, I just, I love to watch movies. And so I would say that, and unfortunately, and I'll just, you know, briefly share, I was not a drinker at all. I drank in college. I say, I'd I'd either lead you to the bar or lead you to Jesus. I mean, with me, there's no middle ground, you know, I'm dancing on the table or shouting hallelujah. Okay. Yes. But I was not a drinker until 2020. And all of that with my health just went wild. And, but I'm going to tell you something. I felt it in the atmosphere and that might sound really weird to someone, but I think you, you need to hear sometimes you have these things, thoughts, urges, feelings, they're not you. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that pandemic put all of us in our homes and I, I think a lot of people started drinking and they started drinking way more than they, they typically did. And so, yes. And, and for some reason, margarita, the tequila, all of a sudden something aligned and I was like, whoa, this feels different. So yeah. So here recently I've had to really check my heart. I've been a huge benefit of, have benefited from the sober cis community of, saying, I'm not going to numb. I'm going to sit here in this pain. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let the Lord take me on a journey of healing. And I, and I will say, even going back and doing some counseling and saying, Lord, like what, this is going to make me cry, but I don't ever want to stop. Like, I don't ever want to stop. And if there's one bad fruit in my life, I will allow the Lord to come and do the heart surgery. I will never stop letting him 
do the work of sanctification because we are justified. We are whole, healed, saved, but there is a process and a journey that he takes us on. And so anytime we start self-comforting ourselves, we need to say, Lord, what what is the thing that I'm actually searching for? Absolutely. And I think, you know, too, think going back, I'm going to keep pointing us back to the the woman with the issue of blood. She had a very clear issue that didn't go away easily. Right. She had to deal with it for a long time. And I know I've had friends that have had struggles or maybe walked through freedom journeys and they're like, but I thought I dealt with this. It keeps coming back. Yes. Why do I keep having to deal <laughs> yes. with the same thing? Well, let me just remind you in the beginning of time, the enemy's ploy was to lie to Eve and to get her to believe a lie. So why wouldn't that continue to be the plan of the enemy day in and day out is to get He's not creative. He's not. He's doing the same thing he not. was doing thousands of years ago. So rapid fire, like ladies, because we are just giving insight to the world. What are some of the lies that the enemy tries to tell you? Oh, the list is long. Do y'all want me? Go. Okay. Go for it. You're not enough. You're a terrible mom. You're lazy. You have no gifts, no talents. You know, your mental illness. That's enough from this That's corner. Great. Wow. <laughs> that was good list. I can identify with several of those. Yeah. And the whole, you know, if someone really knew me, would yeah. they still like me? Would they accept me? What What if I disappoint people? Will I lose my value? Who Who am I if I'm not winning, producing on top of my game? Yeah. What happens if I fall down? Will I be caught? Yeah. Well, I can see this is fresh off the press. I mean, just even doing this for me is hard because I am not. I'm so proud of you. I mean, but I am not a speaker. And I look at you three girls and I'm like, they love the limelight. They love to speak. They have so many words, but I have to think really hard through my words. Like they don't just come out. Like I think for a processor, it's just really difficult. And then it feels like it spends, you spend a lot of energy trying to speak and trying to do, you know, the things that come so natural for y'all. So sometimes I feel like, why am I so different in that, you know, most of my friends that I hang out with are more extroverts and I'm not, I'm an introvert. And I could feel like I'm too much or I talk too much or I, you know, the list can go on and on. The same thing, our identity and our calling are the things that are attacked more than anything is like, I'll believe the light. This is as good as it's going to get. That is so not true. God's got more tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. So it's just, it's incessant, the amount of lies that are fed to us as women. It happens to men too. It just feels like he hits us as women first. He did it in the beginning and he's continuing to do it. And I think that's probably the hardest thing for my husband. It's a conversation that we have is just like, I don't know what to do when you're acting like this. It's like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how. And so the more we can articulate that, I think the healthier it is. But what I love more than anything is just our opportunity to be real with each other. Yes, I agree. Totally. Because I don't, I don't know. Have y'all heard of the book People Fuel by Dr. John Townsend? Mm-hmm. He wrote all the boundaries books. Oh, yeah. So you've heard of, of John Townsend that way. He recently came out probably three or four years ago with a book called People Fuel that I've done a deep dive study into. We talk about it a lot in my group that we have to ask for what we need. So it's true. a skill that we as adults, young adults and older adults, we we forget that that's something that takes practice. It's not uh, second nature for us to reach out. We think I got it. 
So that takes practice. And so what I've learned is that my husband can only meet so many needs, but to put all of it on him and then have these expectations, requirements, almost demands. Mm -hmm. Then if those needs aren't met, then they're just not met. But no, the need is still there. And that's why I think God gives us community and connection with other women with other believers, with the body of Christ, because we've got to get those needs met in a healthy way. And we can't do that through one human relationship. We can get it through one heavenly relationship, but not one human relationship. So we've got to have a lot of humans around us that know what's really going on. And that's, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, that's, that's where Shauna and I go deep. We, we've been able to have those conversations when I was really struggling with what was really going on. And I think that that unlocked me out of really isolation, which we know is a breeding ground for the enemy and for shame. And just being in the light freed me up to then, you know, allow God to partner. Yeah, He wanted to partner with me, y'all. I kept praying. I can't tell you how many times on my back patio while drinking a beautiful glass of red cab, asking God to take it away. <laughs> I would, I would sit there drinking and, you know, crying or listening to my praise music or whatever, that like the, the duplicity was just crazy in my mind because I loved God. I knew he loved me, but I, I think being able to stand in that place and go, wait a minute, you're not just going to quote, take it away. I mean, I guess you could, what would that look like? Right. That's like, that's the story you don't want to hear. That's, that's one of those stories where like God took it away and I didn't have much of a choice. I had a lot of choice. And God partnered with me in doing that. And I think that's what he wants to do. And if he hadn't taken away, listen, if he takes something, he can. And there's plenty of examples of that in the word where it it can be instant. But if he had done it instantly, you would not have been on the journey. You didn't know at the time there were, well, hundreds of thousands of women behind you that you were were pioneering a space. And I think this is a very important I just, I keep, I want to, I want to encourage young women and I'm sure we're getting a little close on time, but we want to do this again. We'll just take over Mark's space. We, we'll just tell him we're coming in again and again. But I, I, I think the connection is so important and your husband cannot do it all, you know, and not even one friend. Like we need people, we need community. And so who is sitting at your table and to get to sit at someone's table is a privilege mm-hmm. and an honor. And I've really changed my view on who sits at my table now. And the Lord has been speaking to me. We live in a very special, unique season on eternity's calendar. And I, I just want to encourage people, do not fall asleep. Do not numb out. I think we live in the greatest time of temptation to numb out because it talks about in the word the ten virgins, they fell asleep. The, the they were falling asleep, and then they had to go back and get the 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 oil. Or no, they had the oil, but and then and the disciples right before Jesus went to the cross, the disciples fell asleep. So stay away. So look alive. Alive. Don't numb out. <laughs> well, and just to to kind of land the plane, verse thirty four in the Mark version of this story, Mark 5, verse 34, it ends with this. After she had taken responsibility for what she had done, after she had experienced the immediate healing of her gracious Savior, he says to her, daughter, 
your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And so that is the promise that we get to walk on. First of all, we are his daughters. Jesus fills the gap. I don't know what your earthly dad may have been like, but you have a heavenly father who stands in the gap and says, daughter, you have everything you need. But then he also stands in the gap as a husband. Whether you're listening to this and you've been married for eternity, you're barely married or you're hoping to someday be married or maybe you never want to be. You have somebody who stands in that gap too. We don't know anything about her husband or her father or her brother, but also Jesus is our savior. And so no matter where we are, we are all in need of healing. We get to use our voice to say what we need mm-hmm. and to receive the healing from that suffering that's promised for us. That's so good. That is so good. Awesome. Well, thank y'all so much for coming. It's been a really good time. And I just am grateful for all you listeners out there. I pray that this is encouraging for you and this will give you just a little bit of hope to reach out to Jesus and tell him your needs and share it with a friend and ask for prayer. Thanks so much for listening to the Unbridled Life Podcast. We know your time is valuable, and we hope we bring real and relevant content that helps you live that unbridled life. If you want to help us spread the message, you can rate or review the podcast on whatever platform you like to listen to us and share it with a friend or two. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're doing, head on over to theunbridledlifepodcast.com and learn more.